0: Welcome, welcome
1: to, welcome to the smoking word. Welcome, welcome to the smoking word. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the first ever smoking word podcast Blackout Records exclusive mashup. I teamed up with one of my favorite labels. They're about to drop a bunch of reissued vinyls for the holidays, so make sure you go get that. Who better to spread the word than us? Listen, we out here. With that being said, let's welcome Gary Kill Your Idols to the podcast. That's, you know, family business, how we're keeping it, and um, Blackout was re-releasing all this stuff, and I said, you know, we got to get down with this and, you know, help spread this word because, man, forget about it. Like I could, it was a pleasure for me to start with here because you know, the roster already, we both come from, I think basically very similar backgrounds and I'm um, black. Yeah. Owl, um, is special because it's one of the ones that still, um, from our youth without being, uh, 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 the, the real, real late, late generation, a label that's, that basically stuck around. And, um, you know, of course, the Roadrunners passed. You know, the Roadrunners lasted, but that's also some other levels. You know, stuff. Road. You know, even the grassroots levels of like the Roadrunners, which were, you know, really grassroots. Like yeah. we're talking, Bill working out of a, <laughs> you know, these guys really on the ground level building something. And I had, a, I have a lot of relationships, personal stories with my wanting to get signed to Blackout Records as a kid. So yeah. Well, you know,
0: I, I can imagine because it was. Uh, I mean, when I when I first got into hardcore, the among the first things I bought were the uh, like a lot of other people, the Revelation Records uh, compilation, and yeah. then and then there was the New York Hardcore where the wild things are that Bill put out, Blackout put out, and um, you know I discovered a, l- a lot of bands on on you know just that way. You know what I'm saying, yeah. Like, like that was a way to to to, to get a lot of uh, to get a lot of you know knowledge on bands and what was going on and um you know it's it's funny it's funny I always tell Paul Bearer this when I the first time I heard Shia Terror was on that compilation yeah I know and what you're Terror was my well kind of like my least favorite band on that compilation
1: oh but, Paul loved that even more you know that that made it even more better
0: but then I heard just can't hate enough. And I went back and listened to it again, and it was, you know, it, it changed. Like, my opinion changed.
1: Yeah, and where, and where, when that comp came out, where were you in your getting into this music thing? Because that's an early one for me, too. Like you said, it's the same thing I did. You know, you had the Revelations one. Then this was the little bit more new, newer one.
0: Yeah. Um, where was I? I was, I probably, I most definitely still had long hair. I was going to shows at Sundance. But oh, hold I, on,
1: but in fairness, back then, that was half the scene dudes were long. And people try to act like, not like you, but some people forget that the scene back then were half long-haired dudes, but they were the guys that went to the extreme long-haired stuff, you know what I mean? My yeah. brother was one. They were. Yeah. He was a hardcore kid who was denim and leather. Venom, you know, yeah. Hellhammer back in the day, but then also go see Cro-Mags Agnostic Front, you know? It's
0: I saw it happen, like, almost overnight. Like, a lot of the long-haired guys that, went, that were going to Sundance, like, like once hardcore started to creep in, because a lot of hardcore bands started opening thrash metal shows at Sundance.
1: Mm.
0: And um, that whole crossover happened. And that was just inevitable, you know? Yeah, for but, sure. Uh, but a lot of guys that had long hair last week showed up with, with shaved head and, and Doc Martens, like, the following week, you know? Yeah. But, that, I, you know, I held on to my hair for a little while, but... You know, I I I got into um, that was like 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 I said, Revelation. Like I was into punk rock. Like I was getting into like Dead Kennedys, GBH. You know the bands that everybody knows. And you,
1: and know. you found that in Long Island because you're Long Island, so you 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 had that in Long. Because this is I know that's you know Long Island is his own animal, and yeah. Long Island had the punk because it had like almost like a surf scene without having a surf scene you know like yeah it's people funny you
0: should say that because I I, I I kind of felt like I had a kinship with people that were surfers yeah. even even though I wasn't one you
1: like know, uh, look at like Johnny Lafada there's certain dudes that just it came there was it's something in the DNA that's and I, throughout the years meeting guys from Long Island that were into it, like they got into the punk part and the yeah. punk part always kind of bar you know had its hand its foot in skateboarding surfing, yeah. Yeah. you know, and Long Island, again, with the Long Island sound, where you guys also were being the sound that you have was the other sound and the more metallic sound that was getting high, you know, the hybrid, you know, in the tri-state area, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I basically, I was I was really into thrash metal, like, my, my musical journey was this, at 11 years old I was really into hip-hop, like, original mm-hmm. hip-hop, yeah, like the old Grandmaster Flash, Africa, Bambata, all of that, you know. Run yeah. DMC, That's though. a lot
1: of us, New York, you know, it, you know it's usually the first step.
0: I was into metal also, but I was really into that, you know, and then and I was trying to break dance and everything else. <laughs> and um, I was really young, and then um, I got more into metal because I started playing guitar, and then I started, I found Metallica, thrash metal, thrash metal scene. All these dudes are wearing Misfits, GBH, Life Sentence shirts. So I started looking into all that, yeah. and that's really how I started taking guitar seriously because I listened to bands like that, even though they were great bands. Like you could tell they weren't like really competent. Like they were they were good enough to play that music, but they weren't like you know they yeah. weren't eBay. Okay, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. I know what you for, mean. Yeah, for sure.
0: It, I was discouraged by my limitations but then i heard misfits and i was like man these guys are, aren't even as good a player as i am and listen to how cool this music is you know yeah so I, and, I, I, I got and, when, into-
1: and when you got into the the thrash metal so you went into from like hip-hop right away to thrash that was your first kind of thing into
0: not right away i i kind of like like i was into hip-hop and then like i started listening like I think like Judas Priest came out with a new record. Obviously, but that's yeah. cool.
1: That's still good. That's still like you could still say like you know you stood on the heavy. I mean, there's nothing wrong with how, how everybody's journey. But you know, a lot of people went the hair metal and then worked. They went up that you know their way in. I crossed. I skipped steps because I had an older brother. Rest in peace. But he was hardcore and um a uh, uh, metal like underground, like Hellhammer, like we took all the underground yeah. shit back in the day. So yeah. I skipped the hair metal phase i went from hip hop to saying fuck that because i didn't like the makeup but i loved the sounds i was like man till i saw a picture of agnostic front and i said these dudes look like scumbags (laughs) but i said something about it looked regular because they didn't have no gimmicks and then when i would hear it my brother goes that's them when i would hear him i go oh i like that and that's them then it kind of like made more sense to me so for you Again, it was probably Judas Priest Metallica is a good one and a, usually a, a good starter for a lot of people. It's yeah, well, to
0: be. Metallica, you know, changed everything, and then Slayer, you know, SOD, Anthrax, and then you know, but uh, those those two compilations, I, I, I went to school in high school. I a friend of mine that I a classmate of mine started coming to school with like he was a metalhead, but then he started coming to school with like shirts of bands I didn't recognize. Yeah,
1: that's that what, was I the love kid.
0: That. His name was his name was uh, James Reinhold, and he was he had the original Gorilla Biscuit shirt. The in your remember the in your face, yeah, shirt? oh yeah, of course. Gator on the floor. I want
1: the, I want that now. You know how much it'd be worth? Forget
0: it. He, he had all them shirts, and I and I was asking him about it, and he he made me tapes, but he the first tape he made me was a Revelation comp, and then I got it, and then the New York Hardcore where the wild things are, and, and you know, you know I mean. Like at that point, I I had the breakdown demo. I was really into breakdown.
1: That was you my know? band.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, if you're a metalhead, why wouldn't you like breakdown? And I know. So, I I all said all man.
1: Talk- I even said I said sick pete I could, my personal, you know, if I had to make like a you know a, the caveman or whatever the DNA of caveman or whatever in this, like what to me the New York hardcore that one breakdown sound thing would be breakdown sick people specifically that song that song yeah. dropped when people were still af was still af the yeah you had crossover and it was still more the punk side you said today was still punk the the, the the straightest stuff was still punk yeah and then now you got that where it wasn't metal but it wasn't punk you know yeah. and it was like man it has a swag but it's more metal and i said again which ended up being I get goose pimples right now because to yeah. me that good goes oh, into raw deal.
0: If I hear sick people, especially yeah. the the version that's on the Revelation, comic, yes, I they, like it still moves me in a way yeah. where I want to freak out. And and incidentally, like what I liked about New York hardcore, like especially like the demo tapes and everything, like you know New York hardcore caught on and the band started going to real studios and stuff, but yeah. like the original, like like all the early stuff, like. There was something about it that, that reminded me of why I liked hip hop.
1: Mm, yeah. Great. I,
0: I, I just think it's because, you know, hip-hop was very real. The yeah, lyrics yeah. are very real. The attitude is very real. And so was New York Hardcore. Age of Quarrel. Yeah. Even yeah. though there's a lot of fast stuff on there and it's it's you know, it's it's a hardcore record. Something about it reminded me of of hip-hop plus the fact that it was on profile
1: yeah oh hell yeah same it, thing it, it was like a con- it was a hip-hop that was our like hell yeah it made it that much cooler people don't understand yeah. what how important a label meant back then yeah Def Jam, profile like you yeah know? and say and what would? let me ask you this first show you ever seen live show
0: uh d- my first live, like, like underground, like, like, like a club. Any show, show
1: even if it was when you getting into Judas Priest, or did you see hip hop before that, or it started? No, the... no, I wasn't. I,
0: I was. I wasn't allowed to do stuff when I was a kid. Yeah. And, and if I wanted to go see a hip hop show, like, like back then, like my parents would be like, "We ain't letting you go." You crazy, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I didn't. But the first concert I ever went to was uh Jeff Tull. Wow. And then the next concert I went to. I believe might have been Slayer at the Felt Forum.
1: That's a little different, huh?
0: Yeah. A lot. To, yeah. But but um, but in between all that, I went to Sundance for the first time and um it was all it was all local crash metal bands. There was a band called Testy Fungus. There was a band called The Beast. I don't know if you remember the Beast. The South Felt- Amelia. Yeah, and um uh Indestructible Noise Command was supposed oh, to I and C
1: they played. Oh, yeah, they I came. had we bumped that demo. they had a demo, and it was I'm in destructible noise. Cool, man. I even remember yeah. the, the, the song. And they yeah. were like an early band that had grooves. That's why me. Yeah, shout out to my OG drummer Richie Nagel. My old drummer for Demise, he was the guy who always got everything. And we went yeah. to the groove shit. Me and him were like Always into the groove, and he was like, You got to check out these metal dudes. They got some good breakdowns, and they're from I, like, I think they were from right New York, right? Yeah, Jersey. No, 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 or something.
0: no. I- INC was from Connecticut, actually. Connecticut,
1: yeah, somewhere try like n- they
0: Northeast. Came to Sundance a lot, and it- that was the first time I-, I saw INC at Sundance. I actually had their record before we saw them. Yeah, uh, yeah when a- I would, uh, Pat Egan that worked for Relapse, and, and uh, rest in peace, Pat Egan. He worked at uh, Looney Tunes on Long Island back oh, when yeah. it was called Cut Corners. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he lived around a block from me. And I we, I had a relationship with him and his family. And um he used to give me all the cutouts, like all the records with the with the hole punch. Oh, yeah. And one of them he gave me was INC. And I liked it. And when they played Sunday, actually, the headliner of that show was supposed to be Sodom.
1: Why? I, yeah. I'm Remembering and yeah. Sodom couldn't get into the country. Yup, that was a typical thing And let me ask you, that Felt Forum Slayer show Was that the Felt Forum show? Yes I, don't, yeah. I wasn't there, but Beto Who played with Demise, he was there Like I was already like, going to like Hardcore shows or whatever, but I remember Being like, he said, yo, we went he was like, I think we had school Like, we were in high school still or something But I remember him being like, yo This shit was insane, they were throwing M80s, he was talking yeah. about Yeah, he told me the whole shit, and I was like Fuck! I wish I was there.
0: They were carrying people out. Like they, there was people up in the front that was squashed on the stage. They were pulling them up and like carrying them off the stage. Like they were like unconscious. Like
1: like a hardcore show. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. funny. Like back then, like it's right. It was so much yeah. crazy. But I went, mean,
0: I went from not being allowed to do shit to doing sh- all that. <laughs> too much. Yeah. Like I was like I was scared at that show.
1: And that no, every, that was the thing with a lot of people because it was still scary. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It was still like, yeah, it was a I didn't go to big shows. My I never went to an arena show till way later. I was already in Mad you know, because I we, yeah. I just never got around to it. I got, you know. But um I remember then hearing like, you know, the big the Slayer was still like, yo, you know, people would go there to wild out, like the metal dudes, that was their Wild out night was yeah. Slayer. You know what I mean? The so
0: shows were dangerous. I, I admittedly, Slayer played Sundance on Long Island like shortly after that. And and I said, I, I'm not going to Sundance.
1: That's to just too crazy. Yeah, that would have been I, nuts. i I'm
0: staying home, man. I, I regret that I didn't go because all my friends went and they all survived. But they all got, they, I, R- I would G- say they probably got crazier stories from that show, though. Because Yeah,
1: much smaller. And you had fucking Long Island meatheads. And that was like yours. Sundance was the Lemores for Long Island. You had yeah. your house people there. Major acts, and you also wouldn't want to get into beef there because they had their you had to leave somebody's world, you know. Everybody was from yeah. that neighborhood, you know what I mean? It's- yeah, and they had those, they had those uh, the,
0: the bouncers there were, were they had no remorse. Man. Oh, I
1: know, oh yeah, I know. I, I, be- isn't
0: it? I remember clearly, I, I think this was a Murphy's Law show at Sundance, which was really packed. I, I saw a guy floating on the crowd. And and the bouncers were on the stage. They were gonna grab him, and when they when he got close, he had Doc Martens on, and he rabbit kicked the bouncer in the face. And when oh, he man. did that, yo, bouncers came from everywhere and and swarmed on that guy like bees. And oh. and they took him outside. And I'm like, man, I wonder what happened to that guy.
1: I saw some of the best shit. That I saw um um it was Murphy's Law and I think nausea. And Amy, some dude said, Show us show your tits or something. And she smacked them. Whap. Yeah. I remember. It always stuck in my head, though. I was like, Well, that was amazing. Like, what a comeback. You know, you know? Yeah. show us your tits. She just smacked them We'll gave him a good one. I loved it. It was great. That's good. Dude. And <laughs> then you're, you're playing guitar. Now, when you got a guitar, did you want a guitar? Then, oh, you, If you did, who did you see that made you want one? Because you're, you're a guitar guy. You know what I mean? And so it's like, that's like a big yeah, thing.
0: Um, well, I'm trying to think who made me want a guitar. I, I mean I just well going to going to those early Sundance shows for me was kind of magical. So I would just say that like the whole oh. thing, like I like when I was going to those shows, I still had the guitar my grandfather gave me, which was like an old, like wow. a silver tone surf guitar from the 60s.
1: Great. And oh. I learned
0: on that and I started playing with people like on with that guitar. And then uh, when I started going to Sundance and started seeing what guys were using, like it wasn't really necessarily like like the the metal magazines or anything that did it for me. It was actually seeing people yeah in action, like what they were doing. And then like um big 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 impact on me was uh seeing Leeway at Sundance and watching AJ play and just 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 seeing them play and how they sounded and and uh Pete from Sick of It All like he had the SG and just yeah. like that kind of thing like you know like I, I and um even like like uh, it just co- comes to mind now like like Mucky Pop remember Mucky Pop Of course Dan Nastasi had a guitar and it had one pickup in it and another pickup was missing and that that shit just made me think <laughs> like I was like why is that like that like I, you know like I wanted to know about all that like why how was he able to play that guitar when there's a pickup missing from it like I didn't yeah. know anything know
1: yeah i know i know what you mean i used to be same thing i was i'm not a gear head but i was always curious what they're using because man they sound great why don't we sound like that you know as a kid coming up finding you know equipment did did you ever got to catch any of the crumb suckers era yeah
0: i saw uh original crumb suckers back then yeah so that's as close to original as possible i think when i finally did see crumb suckers i think uh Mark from Carnival was playing guitar for them. It was, it was, they, they had just gotcha. recorded they just recorded Beast on My Back, I think.
1: Oh, well, that's and still, I finally, good. saw. Them. that's still pretty real crump suckers, you know what I mean? They're in yeah. those albums, and stuff. yeah, everybody else was from the for,
0: was original. He was the only guy that was replaced, I think.
1: And then, you know, again, because, um, you know, Long Island's very similar to how we came up, but also Long Island has, you know, our scene was like, okay, we had to go to Manhattan, Long Island had. You could be staying a bar scene in Long Island, and yeah. also the VFWs and all that other stuff. Yeah, you know? see,
0: I, I went to Sundance, and then there was um, there was Right
1: Track in. Yep. Also, you and, got that. I never got to go there. I was like, I might have got into it right at the end. I, my first show was in '88, so I wouldn't have traveled to later.
0: Yeah, I caught Right Track in right at the end too. Like, I, I I'm pretty sure I saw like Neglect and Mind Over Matter there. Wow, that's and, great. Yeah, and um, I saw Demise at Carol's place on uh, Long Island. Remember that place?
1: Oh yeah, I, I could remember because it was like Demise played like twelve shows. I was like one of them.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I remember that place. Amazing. It was like that. That was a weird place. That was like out in Long Beach or
1: something. Oh yeah, we played some crazy. We played uh um Reds, the one of my first shows. I was gonna Say Reds, yeah, uh, Reds. yeah. Place we too. played with Raw Deal during a snowstorm i never forget that it was i i had it on video somewhere there was probably like 10 people there you know and yeah. then well raw deal they had 20 because it was 10 of us with the 10 people yeah but it was great i was like yo we got raw deal all to ourselves right here That's fuck.
0: i do remember that i remember sometimes i'd go to a show and it wasn't that packed and i remember saying to myself oh this is great i got room to move around this is like like it's almost like it's like when you go to a movie and nobody shows up yeah 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 yeah.
1: until we're on stage then we're like nah fuck that we want people in front of us what's up with this shit right the
0: fuck is everybody
1: yeah yeah where is everybody i'm like what you don't want to play on the floor i'm like no (laughs) it's like no so they can run into me and like crazy but Long Island was the spot that if you did since they had always had a, a bar scene, they always had, even if it was a bar, a little stage, a set up, a, a proper yeah, it's a proper places to come up in, like a scene like Long Island I mean, big enough to have a lot of stuff and a lot of music came out of Long Island, heavy yeah, you yeah. Know, did you-
0: Long Island is you know, cr- to me, Long Island, I think of Crumbsuckers, Crackdown in your face, which you know to me they were they were wow. great, you know. Yeah, they started off every everybody most people refer to the demo. I like the demo, but I liked when they got Ernie in the band and, and they became melodic because I, I like that kind of stuff, you know.
1: Yeah, so was, you I was know, gonna say, yeah, it, it's pretty crazy because um, you know, um you you having coming from like the more metallic stuff, and then later on with other stuff, it's more on the punkish more on the old style open cord. because I know you're a guitar guy and you you would be able to do more you know what I mean more guitar yeah. work in a different style but you end up showcasing you know putting like that was your main thing you know what you're known for is where well, the kill your idols and it was more of an open chord more on the punk more that old style traditional style when I yeah. know you could also do the metal the crossover stuff
0: I've been I've been learning how to play guitar. I like like when I started playing shows, I was still learning how to play guitar. Like I was still learning stuff like because I was lazy at first with it. And then you know, uh, my friend Jay Banks came into my life when we were still in high school. He moved from Queens and he was an insane guitar player. Like, I'll never be as good as Jay Banks. And and he went he played in Sheer Terror a little bit. He played in cause for alarm and he played on a couple of full length records with them when they did victory Re- when they were on victory records. But um he always inspired me because like I had no I had nobody around me that was like making me want to work harder. Like I got mm-hmm. to a certain level and I was pretty good. And all my friends were like, Yeah, that's pretty good. And like I was like lazy about it. And then I met Jay and like he was like he could play Ingve shit. You know what I'm saying? Like he'll 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 play hardcore, but he could play anything. You know, he could yeah. play flamenco, classical, anything. So like he made me want to work hard at it. I, he taught me how to play lead a little bit, and then I saw him play in Cause for Alarm, and like Cause for Alarm's got you know like Alex Keenan, you know that that was on the yeah. Cause for Alarm AF record. Like he yep. was a great guitar player, and the CFA shit has got lead guitar all over it. And then Jay and I was like man, I want to play lead guitar too. And I'm like, you know, I just really started paying attention. Like, punk bands like Battalion of Saints, Verbal Abuse, um, Life Sentence, they have lead guitar, you know? Yeah. So I, I I said I wanted I, I wanted to start a band that was that was punk rock but had some, like, lead guitar in it. So I had to really learn how to do it, you
1: know? And there's also a kind of uh, uh, nowadays a kind of a, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, what do you call it, a... Uh, eccentric couple of bands you just named there. You know what I mean? Those aren't like common, those bands aren't on the tip of the, the tongues of the people today. You know what I mean? So it's an interesting mix. You know? Yeah. I mean when I got into
0: so, so before I got really into like hardcore and New York hardcore, the, the first the first album that really caught me like with the energy like like seal. So like I was I was like way into like Hellhammer and Celtic Frost and yeah, you know that yeah. was like that's like my favorite Thrash era stuff of all time. Celtic Frost Hellhammer. <laughs> and you know, Tom G. Warrior is he's got the best sound and the best ideas. He's not Ingve. He don't have to be. You know yep. what I'm saying? And even even the very rudimentary, like simple guitar solos he does are like are like very punk rock. They're very like black flag, like very mm-hmm. you know, like like Vinnie Stigma, even, you know.
1: No, for and, sure. Like rock was, and roll-ish. But they didn't need to be better
0: than that. Like they, yeah. they, they that's what they needed to be. So, like, yeah. there's hell. So, you listen to Hellhammer, and then you listen to GBH, and like GBH has got so much energy, and it's so simple. The drums are simple, the bass is simple, the guitar is simple, and, and and it's just it's simple and it's good. It's simple and effective. Like it doesn't need to be flashy. So yeah. I really like that. About about early early punk rock and early hardcore like Minor Threat, Negative Approach, like, or and like even like Circle Jerks, like Circle Jerks, like Greg Hetson's a really good guitar player
1: actually. You're playing guitar. You got the guitar. You're already gone to some shows. Now, how did the bug of being in a band hit you? This actually looks better than before, by the way. But oh,
0: okay. <laughs> but anyway,
1: but um um. What hits you with the bug? Because I joined the band, not because I always wanted to be in a band, but because I heard some garbage on the radio and my big mouth was talking shit on them. And I said, we can make a band right now and kill that. And then my boy said, then let's do a band. That's all right. Let's do a band then. That's how (laughs) I, that's the only reason I, I, you know, and they go, what are you going to play? I said, my brother always wanted to play bass. So in my head, I said, fuck it. If he likes it, it must be cool. All right. I'll play bass. So that's how I picked it. I didn't have the the in the mirror story kind of like a lot of people have. Like, what made you want to take it further than just playing in your room? Oh,
0: um, like I said, I I I I, um, I mean, you know, like anything. I liked music so much, like I used to. I I actually used to fantasize about being involved in it somehow, you know. Mm even way back when i was like 11 years old and and i was yeah that's listening insane. to hip-hop records you know like I like i wanted to be involved in it somehow you yeah. know i didn't and um originally i was a, i used to draw a lot gotcha. so i just thought maybe i would be a guy that would that would be involved in the graphic part of it you know like making the uh, the artwork and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff and then you know like that's what really got me back into metal. Actually, was I I, I saw a Maiden a Maiden cover, and oh. I bought an album of Iron Maiden that I hadn't even heard yet, but I I, I liked the artwork.
1: Which so, one? Somewhere in time.
0: No, it was like Number of the Beast or or P. Oh, you know, that's early Beast. Oh, yeah. Well, early. Oh, yeah. I, I just I just I liked the cover so much. I was like, I want to draw that, so I I bought it just so I could draw the cover. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, obviously I listened to it and I liked it, but you know, I used, to, I wanted to be involved somehow. And then, like I said, when I heard misfits and realized like the guitarist of this band actually isn't even as good as I am. Like, I so if they can write songs this good that I want to yes. listen to, yeah, like I, I could do this. So, I mean, of course, you know, the first couple of th- things I did were garbage, but it was fun yes. and mostly doing like covers and stuff like that. But, um. Eventually, the guy Jay, that was in Course for alarm, uh, him and I did a talent show in our high school, right? And we played "South of Heaven" by Slayer. We played um, a Mucky Pup song, and they started clo- closing the curtains on us and trying to get us <laughs> off the stage, and because because our friends were mashing and stage diving and causing a you know, yeah. so they were they would just wanted us off the stage but we walked in front of the curtains. Our drummer was back behind the curtains, but we walked in front of the curtains and then we just started playing a Napalm Death song that we had, you know, just, and then, you know, then they shut the lights and all that (laughs) stuff. So we got disqualified and a band that played that show that was actually, it was the New Wave kids in the school Mm. and they played a ministry song and something else. I think they might've played like a, like a Cure song too and they were really they were actually really good. They were actually professional. They looked like they belonged in the cure or ministry yeah, yeah. like they had the look everything. They they played good. So they they won and they they should have won. We got disqualified, but the energy that we had when we were up there was you know crazy. Like we caused like they people talked about what we did for months after that.
1: Yeah, yeah. You
0: know. So I mean, we really caused like mayhem. And I and that night I was like I want to do I want to fucking do this for the rest of my life. This is fun. Who wouldn't want to do this? You know? Yeah, right. So that was it. That that was where I caught the bug that night. we on stage with Jay Banks, and the both of us went ahead to go tour and make records. You know.
1: So now you're like, okay, you got the bug for this. What's your what's the band now? The first, the band after that. Now you what's the band that you, your first band? What what what's the next move? Where like okay. I'm gonna put all my, my eggs in this basket and I'm gonna start working it. What was the next band? Was it
0: I kicked around a little bit, but the first real band I did was Big Sniff. And I'll oh. tell you how I got that I got that band together. Because speaking of in your face, that was Mark, that was the singer of In Your Face, Mark Adams. Wow. wow. That was Albatross from Ludacris on the drums played on the first Ludacris record. Great and Mike number. Walter, that Mike Walter that was in sheer terror at the time. That's my connection to sheer terror. Mm. And, and he also played on the second Ludacris record. So I had two guys from Ludacris. It didn't start that way. It started with me and friends of mine had like some like stuff that we recorded and in your face just broke up. So, you know, and, and, and the thing was, I was into in your face. I love the, in your face demo. And like, I was, you know, really a fan of theirs. And, to find out that mark adams lived three blocks up from where i lived in west babylon yeah he lived three three blocks away and then i realized that's the guy that keeps skating past my house with green hair and a murphy's <laughs> law jacket that's him so and then down the block was mike walter that was in Ludacris. and we used to my, me and my friends used to ride past his house and try to see if he would be playing one time we drove by and he was actually playing bass up in his room and we hung out and we were listening to him. And then he that's then cool. he came out, and was like, you guys like Ludacris? And we were like, fuck yeah.
1: And he gave us hats and pins and shit. Yeah. That that's was cool. totally- I was gonna say it, it's it's cool those the days of those bands, like you you're catching the band, like you listening because you hear them jamming and stuff like that. Like, I don't think that happens anymore. You know what I mean? Like it seemed dude, one, what, off the subject, one night
0: me and my friends were out. In the in the neighborhood, you know, drinking beers and and just walking the neighborhood with our boombox, listening to metal, causing trouble, all of that stuff. And we we came upon a house that and and we heard a thrash metal band playing inside that house, and they were playing Overkill songs.
1: Oh, uh, was it?
0: And there was no singer, but they were playing Overkill songs. And Hoya, when I tell you this shit sounded tight. Yeah. Maybe I was just young and I didn't know any better. Maybe I, <laughs> maybe my memory remembers it different. Yeah. But I remember being out there, being like, "Yo, this, this has to be overkill."
1: It has it's to. That's people. them.
0: That's them. Like, like, who the fuck could it be? And we hung out and we waited and waited and waited. I don't remember why we got distracted, but. We, we ended up walking away. But to this day, I don't know if it was a real overkill or if it was just a, a bunch of teenagers doing overkill
1: covers. I have no yeah. idea. And that's amazing just like that in general. Like, again, how uh, you would wait I'll hear something and you would wait it out. I know this. This is familiar. It ain't like yeah. you're going to get a, 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 an, a an alert. Of where your favorite person is going to be at, and you want, you know what I mean? Doing yeah. a, a in store. It's like, now nah, you're catching them walking to the store and you're going to follow them back to the studio and hope you see the other guys in the yeah, back.
0: Nobody came out of the house, and we do no, like, we knew, like, I a, afterwards I used to ride my bike past that house trying to see if I see anybody coming out. It, it couldn't have been overkill. They were from New Jersey.
1: Yeah, yeah. But, but somebody, I mean, was, somebody, yeah, somebody, somebody probably did something. You know, somebody is fucking killing it in there. And then where, so, you then where it is, What? where you're, you're jamming, that's your band, you're jamming that, and what you're playing well, in Long Island. I, I,
0: I Mark had, In Your Face broke up, so I said to my friends, it's a bass player that I grew up with, who was actually the first bass player of Kill Your Idols, my friend John, we learned to play together, you know, mm-hmm. he played bass, and, and I said, Mark, In Your Face broke up, I said, let's go get Mark to sing for our band. And he goes, he's not going to sing for our band. I'm like, let's just go knock on his door. Come on. So we went up there. We knocked on his door. He answered the door. He knew John. He didn't know me. And uh, listen to our tape. and Maybe you want to jam with us. So he actually let us in, listened to it, thought it was good, and was like, yeah, uh, you know, he's like, maybe we could start over. Maybe we could write some new stuff. He's like, I like what you guys are doing, but maybe we could do something, you know, totally new okay, so we started writing some songs and I was writing in a more melodic style, because at that point, I had gotten really into Dag Nasty, Seven Seconds, like that kind of hardcore music, you know? And um, Mark, you know, I mean, this is kind of fucked up, but he took me aside and was like, yo, man, he's like, I like the riffs you play, I like the stuff you come up with, I like the way you write, he's like, I'm not really into the, the other guys, he's like, what if I told you I could get guys that are seasoned musicians and we could play? and I said, and you know, I went along with it <clears throat> and, and you know, I, I, you know, I always felt bad about it, but I went along with it and it was them two guys from Ludacris, Alan and Mike. And honestly, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. Cause I was still like 18 years old. And then those guys have been around the block. They've been on tour, they made records, you know what I'm saying? So like, I, and they were real musicians. They were real players and like, they liked the way I played and being around them and watching them was the best, was what I needed. I needed like mentors like that. You know, I needed to learn how to follow a, a drummer. That was a real drummer. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like I needed like watching Mike play bass. You remember Mike Walter that was in sheer terror. He was yeah. a sick bass player. Like watching him play, play bass made me understand what a bass player is supposed to be doing.
1: Yeah. You know?
0: And, and it made me understand what I'm supposed to be doing as a guitar player. And I figured out that I was actually kind of overplaying and overcompensating. Mm-hmm. Less is more. I yeah. learned less is more. So, I mean, and so Big Sniff did a seven, a demo, a seven inch. And then Mike got us a CD deal with, uh, over in Europe when he went over with Shea Terra. And, um, you know, we didn't last too much longer after that. But that was my...
1: That was introduction, my- and then right after that, is that the beginning of Kill Your Idols? What's the next move?
0: The next move was, um, I again I kicked around a little bit. I played, yeah, I know Big you
1: S- did, I know you did the sheer terror stuff in between stuff. I, I don't know where in the timeline, but I know you did yeah, you- terror,
0: sort of happened at the same time as Kill Your Idols, kind of exactly. I, I played bass and clockwise for a little while after uh, Big Sniff broke up, that was a Long Island band, and then um. Vinnie Seguera, who who had Mintone Records, he put, he was in, situ, remember Situated Chaos from Long yes. Island? He was a singer. He had the record label that put out the Big Sniff 7-inch, and he said, you got to meet my friend Andy, because he wants to start a, a, an old school hardcore band, you know? Mm, there you go. And like, negative approach, and then, so I got on, like, a three-way call with him and Vinnie, and somehow we got Ron Grimaldi, long-haired Ron. Yeah. Death Cycle. On the conference call, and I never met him before, but I'd seen him. I knew who he was because I saw him at Sundance. He was the dude with the hair in front of his face that didn't yeah. talk to nobody.
1: Yeah,
0: this mysterious guy. Now I'm, fi- and I'm like, wow, you have a voice, bro. Like I never heard you talk. I never even seen your face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But he was the first drummer of Kill Your Idols. Wow. And He wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't that great, but he kept the beat, and we we got something going. But then I started another band with Mark Adams from In Your Face. It was called John Henry. Now this was Mark singing, this was Ernie from Token Entry playing drums, and this was uh Joe Groon who was uh, the Big Sniff went through a couple of bass players. He was our last bass player. So we put this new band together, similar to Big Sniff but more actually if you listen to the John Henry demo, it sounds like a prerequisite to Gray Area. Oh, like right. Ernie, like when we stopped doing it, Ernie moved on and did gray area and gray mm-hmm. area sounds very similar to John Henry.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And what, what is it that you think about? Uh, is it a certain couple of, of of towns in Long Island that gravitated towards you? They were either doing like fucking crazy metal, like VOD or the punk metal melodic stuff like the Ernie's that you got. You know what I mean? A little bit more on, on that. What What is it you think? I don't know. I, well all I could like Long
0: Island um, when uh, uh, when I was in Clockwise when I was playing bass for Clockwise like like we played with bands like Silent Majority and and um, inside and like those bands back then that were more melodic and you know yeah. And these bands are melodic, but they got, like, a punk. Yeah, of
1: course, yeah. Gorilla Biscuits, you know, some of them, they had melodic stuff, but they also had, you know, everybody had to have their breakdown, their mosh part, their whatever.
0: I'd have to say, I I don't know, like, what the influence, the melodic influence on Long Island, I would have to say, came from, like, Fugazi, Gorilla Biscuits, Seven Seconds, like, people just into that kind of stuff, you know? Fugazi was big on Long Island, a lot of people. Long Island words,
1: Fugazi. You know? know, it has to be the whole college thing. That has to be the Fugazi, the college, you know, that the schools had that independent a little bit, you know, you know. You, well, you know. yeah,
0: that's a good point, because all, all the, we played a lot of college radio stations, and there was a lot of college radio playing.
1: Kept hardcore, yeah, so independent so music, was the that, college. Yeah. that so,
0: might be it. It's a good question, because it, it, like, if it was like, like, if I didn't know any better, most of the bands would have kept being like, you know, the Crumb Suckers and Crackdown. Yeah. To me, that was Long Island, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Under That's right. Printer, under That's printer right. Printer exactly. Crackdown.
1: That's why you, you guys stuck out, you know, in, 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 a, in a time also when everything was getting, it's funny because it was getting more metallic, not to the metallic to the extent what it is now, but it was getting different or more further away from the punk roots of it at that time when you guys were coming out.
0: I mean, pers- me personally, I'm into a lot of melodic hardcore. Seven seconds is one of my favorite yeah. all time. And I like I like all the seven seconds. I even like the seven seconds where they sort of sound like you two a little yeah. bit. You know what let I'm me, saying?
1: Let, this is the question that I got for you because I had this experience. I'm going back to what I, I said in the beginning with my experience with Blackout Records. You you're writing these songs. How did it come about you getting signed to Blackout?
0: Okay, so um I kicked around a little bit, and 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 um, John Henry broke up. Kill Your Idols was jamming already, but I was like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna take Kill Your Idols more serious." Like we didn't even have that name yet. Yeah, and and yeah. we weren't even that good. But one, you, you ever you ever like you ever like have a a, a rehearsal tape that sounds like really good? Like yeah. sound, like all rehearsal tapes sound like garbage, and then you get just this one that's like so good that perfect mix. Like you're like, wow, this could be a demo. We actually, that was what got me 100% into Kill Your Idols. We we, we, we Again, we didn't have a name yet, but the music on it was real good. And I was like, man, this could really be something, you know. Andy's got a good voice for this stuff. And I was kind of like, all we really need is a good drummer, you know, like a better, yes. a better drummer that can make us faster and harder, you yes. know. And um, we did all that. And then I went on tour filling in for Serpico for a month that was my first tour ever came back, decided to put hundred percent into kill your idols. But I, but I was doing Shiaterra also like I came back from Serpico and that's when Shiaterra coincidentally got back together. And Mike asked me if I would play in Shiaterra
1: mm-hmm.
0: And so I, I, you know, and then I was like, yeah, sure. I'll do it. Cause he couldn't get, uh, you know, Jay was the previous guitar player. Jay was in cause for alarm at this yeah. point. So Mike was like, Yeah, you. He's like, I know you could play this stuff, so you, you play guitar. And he's like, hey, You got to find us a drummer, we need a really good drummer. So I got John Lafada to play drums.
1: That's in- how John got the
0: yeah, and that's how John got mad ball.
1: Yeah, because I that's why I said, Man, if this guy could play with sheer terror, you know, there's some OGs, even though we didn't sound like sheer terror, I go and he did neglect. And but I got to see him, I see I played with him with neglect, but it was yeah. with sheer terror to pay attention because now we were looking for drummers.
0: Lafata was perfect for Madball. Oh yeah, he was great. Perfect.
1: That's my man. That's my bro right there.
0: Yeah, and um, what do you call it? Uh, and and I wasn't a bit surprised when the record came out and it was great because he's he's great. Yeah, and yeah, it, it's perfect. It was per- a perfect match. But um, what do you call it? Um, when 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 Shea Terror broke up and and he went into Madball, um, here's what happened. When I went on tour with Serpico, I had Kill Your Idols demos. We made we made a live at CB's demo. I'm getting ahead of myself, so I gave that out to a bunch of people, and Serpico played with H2O in Chicago, and I gave a tape to Toby. So Toby remembered who we were, like, and Toby actually listened to our demo, and so, like, Bill Wilson, like, I played a sheer terror show, and Bill Wilson came, and we was like, I, he's like, I understand you're in another band, Kill Your Idols, and, and I was like, yeah, and he's like, he's like, you know something Toby told me about you guys? And wow. then so he was like, I want to hear Kill Your Idols. So I had a I had like an actual recording, like like a like a studio recording at this point that I played for him in a car. And he was like, I, I have to have Kill Your Idols on the label. Yeah, I have to sign you guys. Wow, that's, that's how it literally came about like that. So it was like it's like, you know, at one point when I started getting really good on guitar, all I did was play along to music I liked a lot. I would play along to Age of Quarrel. I would play along to Murphy's Law records. I would play along to Sheer Terror. I'd play along to anything that I that I was able to Leeway, Born to Expire. That's the record that made yeah. me I, that made me a tight guitar player. Because I followed that record to the note. Yeah, that was my and, shit. And you know, like I always like while I was doing all that, I fantasized about being in a band that was that was good enough to 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 open for these bands, or even maybe even getting into one of these bands. <laughs> Yeah, at, at one point, and when I got into sheer terror, that was I, that was like a <laughs> like at, at that time, that was a dream come true. Yeah. Like, I, I couldn't believe I was on the road with them in Europe with them for my first time. Yeah, met Mad, and, and then going to Europe and getting there, and and uh, you know, I brought like Kill Your Idols uh, tapes with me that blackout pressed up, like like sample tapes. Yeah, but I, I I barely needed them. Like people were taking them but I barely needed them because everybody in Europe knew who we were already. Yeah. I I went over there thinking that nobody knows who the fuck we are. Like we got there. Like everybody knew who we were. People were coming up to the table with our vinyl that they, that they paid import prices for. Yeah. So I could sign it. Yeah.
1: So how that must've felt having, again, the reason why I say that, because as a kid with my first band, when Demise was trying to get signed early, we went, I I said, Oh, we got to go for blackout. And we, yeah. wrote, you know, we sent them the demo and shout out to black. I always would say this. because I never forget it. The only people that wrote us back was actually metal blade wrote us back metal blade oh, yeah. and, and black up a bill wrote us back. This was early demise. And even, I think even maybe right before even our real demo, our first demo it was like probably rehearsal. I don't even remember, but he was like, yo, right now, more or less right now. We're good. Like we have a full roster, but yo, he was posted, you know, but I remember being like, Wow, he didn't just shit on us, like that, yeah. like ignore us. Like, I felt like, Okay, yo, he didn't like we belong here. We just gotta, you know, we gotta come with something else. And then, fast forward, meeting him, you know, Raw Deal, my favorite band probably ever, you know, along with so many of the other blackout bands. But then, you know, we become friends. And Bill grew up on my, you know, him and my brother were friends too. My brother grew up on the alleyway early yeah. on, so they all I knew about Bill, and then when I knew about the label, my brother was in the military, oh, that's Bill, blah, blah, blah he came up from, you know, Westchester with the, the 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 raw deal guys and the breakdown guys and then, you know, so I kind of knew the history before he, he knew I knew so yeah. I was like, and but Blackout was the one, like, um. what I love about Blackout is that, man, they fucking lasted like, even when it went, it quieted out there was always Blackout was there's certain labels that still like people will bring up a victory records yeah you know and I hear a black up yeah you know you still it's like I guess they got enough variety you know in in the rosters that you know you know there's enough different styles in the roster to be like give it life for so long you know he he's got
0: he's got some good records that he put out and uh, and um that I mean like for instance around the time i started kill your idols like I, I we played with h like i said sir the band serpico i filled in for played with h20 saw h2o i thought they were awesome you know and um i think Madball might have played that show too it was at the fireside bowl
1: yeah probably most yeah. probably that's time because we i played there like a handful of times and, and that sounds like easily very familiar you know yeah
0: so uh so and i remember um i i wasn't familiar with h2o other than that show and, and that i had heard of them you know what i'm saying and then um when i got back and i i talked to andy i said yeah I, get, I said i gave a tape to toby from h2o and andy was like oh wow that's sick he's like you know how much i love h2o and i was like oh really <laughs> i was like i was like i only i i heard of them i haven't heard them yet yeah started playing me the seven inch and, and the first album and you know that was that's right up my alley that's like melodic hardcore you know and I was like I can't believe I slept on this band like like holy shit and then and then and then um then then Toby started calling us like yeah, you guys... hey, we want to play a show with you and then H2O got us a show at Tramps and that was our record release show. Like H2O did a lot for us, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, like they really did. And that, that first H2O record on Blackout, that's yeah, that
1: that's, yeah, that shit was a yeah, the groundbreaker, you know what I mean? For that's sure. Up there,
0: that's up there in, in the gallery of like most influential hardcore records.
1: Yeah, for sure. And what I love, that was our West Coast, yeah, the East Coast answer to the West Coast melodic band. You know, we had H2O, you know, like for our yeah. melodic guys, like and whatever. Now and let me ask you, this is the cool thing that they're they they're dropping now. Is what I love because also having you know a roster full of OGs and whatever, and now is probably the best time than ever that a lot of the reissues are dropping. That's why when yeah. I when I heard when I heard about this whole thing, I said, "Wow, they, look, people always dropping reissues, but for some reason now seems like the right time because people, um, I, I think also the younger generation, you know, uh, um, they don't they don't need the older generation, but their antennas are open." To if there's stuff out there, they, they will get it and look for it. And I'm glad that this stuff is coming out. Cause you know what's making the comeback are the reissue vinyls, the cassette tapes, are yeah. a big comeback. And, and it's the important. Kids, the
0: kids like there's all sorts of new bands right now that are that are, you know, that are big and can headline their own shows. Like they don't even need to like open for older bands. Like they they, they got their own thing going on right now. Like, but um, I got to tell you, like, a lot of the a lot of the kids that are into these new bands still do their homework, and they want to hear the older bands yep. that these bands are influenced by, and it's crazy. We, um, Flat Spot Records put out... A shout split, out
1: to Flat Spot.
0: But shout out to Flat Spot. They put out a, a record with Kill Your Idols and, and a band from Long Island called Rule Them All, and, um... I got to tell you, like, just from those two... There was a two two new songs. The first two songs Kill Your Idols wrote since, I don't know, 2005, you know? Like, we haven't written anything new since then, 2006, maybe? And um, uh, those two songs have gotten us so much press, and our Spotify numbers jumped up from those two songs. Like, like you wouldn't believe... Uh, it's crazy. It was... Uh, I started doing a lot of podcasts like, yeah, you know, like the press was crazy just for them two songs. Yeah. And it's and it's a lot of younger people getting into us. And that that's 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 what's promising, you know? Yeah, they no, for, older stuff.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. But uh, exactly. And specifically, we're like with di- this type of thing with what I'm glad about. Like vinyls, like you know, having vinyls now, people could touch things again. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, our our era has. You can hang this up. You don't even gotta put. You don't need a record player. Hang it up. You'll be able to touch it. You could pass it around. You know what I mean? It's like, um, how what 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 the vinyls that that they're putting out now. Like, how did that come about? Like when it when it came about. Like or like, how much involvement were you with? um laying it out, or, or was stuff pressed, kind of repressed, like, from the original stuff? Oh, yeah.
0: Did- uh, B- Bill and I worked really hard together on this. And, okay. Um, well, the, 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 the starting point of it was when Bill did the, the sheer terror box set. He did, like, a the bulldog box, where it's, it's really, I mean, it's it's, it's all the vinyl inside a box comes with a backpack we're gonna
1: and by the way everybody out there we're gonna have a lot of blackout uh, uh, um boxing and showing a lot of stuff because the holidays there's a lot of new dope stuff I saw that blackout has dropping so, so yeah. everybody stay tuned and look out for that we're gonna be showing a bunch of new stuff anyway
0: he, he did that and then i I hadn't talked to bill in a while like i like i ran into him at a couple of places but I hadn't really like so i called I, we talked and i said Hey, that bulldog box. Oh, I got my copy in the mail. He sent me a copy of it. Like, I guess he considered me a, a member of the band.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But yeah. no, I didn't play on any of other, other Yeah. Stuff. But, but at least I got a copy, and it was beautiful. And I was like, I was like, hey, Bill, you got to release the the Kill Your Idol stuff like this. That would be great. And we decided not to do a box like that anyway because it's too expensive. But yes. Um. Wh- and 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 then he did the Outburst reissues and. That's when I that that that's when like it caught on that he was kind of like re-releasing stuff, you know, and, and that that the, the momentum came from that. Yeah, So you know, yeah, we did work intensively on this. We remastered everything. Um, I had to sit and listen to stuff closely. Um, I had to, uh, the 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 laptop that I was talking to you on before. Yeah, I I didn't have one, and Bill sent me this one in the mail. This is an old one that he doesn't use anymore. He sent it to me. So, I would be able to look at all the mechanicals of
1: the shout out to Bill. Well, coming through, and by the way, Gator, but let's let's show that. Let's put that, that video up. Let's show what, what he's talking about right now. Um, yeah, no, um, really cool. I was glad he's doing it, and I'm waiting for mines. right here. We got this. So, all this artwork and stuff is stuff that you read because I know. From the logos and stuff, but so this is stuff that you relayed out. Yeah, I redid, I redid the
0: fonts. Like I wanted the fonts to be a little bit better, like you know, like that. That was Bill's idea. Bill, like the original fonts on on the like, especially this is just the beginning. Yeah, it was like the impact font, and Bill was like, Bill was like, let's get rid of that impact font because Donald Trump uses that font. So I was like, alright, yeah, that's cool. But we. We adopted the, the 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 old English kind of lettering. Uh huh. That, that was Paul. That was Paul Delaney's idea. To, to, Shout out to the, the
1: fuck, to, to Paul Delaney, the secret weapon out there.
0: That, yeah. So I I said let's keep it consistent with the with the logo Paul came up with. So now let
1: me ask you. So that was the uh, that was the first thing that was number one dropped. What was the out of out of everything you have up? What's the order?
0: So this is just the beginning. Was the first EP we did for Blackout?
1: Okay, that's the Bill, first one.
0: Bill included a 12 inch that we recorded on an on a other label, none of the above, like when we first started. And that's on this. Right that's now, when they tracks. get this,
1: that's gonna be on there.
0: That's on side B.
1: Okay. So and, that's a so, lot of tracks I saw also.
0: Yeah, no uh, no gimmicks needed is our first full length actually for for blackout.
1: And that uh, that layout is dope, by the way. I like that show with the letters and just that uh, you have the you. logo like right that. real cool.
0: Thank you. Uh, he he um that was our first full length. He added, like we did a split seven inch with Crime and Stereo many years mm-hmm. ago. He took the two songs from that and he put them on No Gimmicks Needed. Mm-hmm. So No Gimmicks Needed is a little longer than the original.
1: Got gotcha, got gotcha. you.
0: The live record, Live at CBGB, um, that originally came out on Creep Records, but Bill took it, took it over, like mm-hmm. Creep licensed it to him. So we, we did it that way so it would be more complete. So it would be like a three... You know, we could release three records. You
1: know, now we're gonna have. I'm gonna end up having this stuff. I'm getting some of this stuff. So I'm gonna be showing on the other shows throughout the months, throughout the next couple of weeks. I'm gonna be showing your records and all that stuff. And on the insides, how? What did you do for the inserts on these things? Um, oh, you might. I don't know if you have a copy there, but yeah. What? Do you have any? Uh, what? Like, did you lay out the inserts? Are there photos in some of these, or how did you lay it out? Just lyrics or what? Yeah.
0: There's. I, I went. I went over bill sent me a file he sent me files that's why he sent me this laptop so i'd be able to look at all this stuff yeah i told him my 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 desktop computer was running really slow so he, and I, I couldn't open files on it all of that stuff so he sent me this computer so i would be able to look at the original files that he had of, of the lyrics and stuff and you know we decided like 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 let's let like, the thank you lists, like, are outdated at this point. Like, it's like, all old heads. And let's, like, remove some of this. Some of the lyrics had, like, misspellings, so we fixed it. You know, like, that kind of stuff. But I went over all of that with a fine-tooth comb. I, like, capitalized letters that were supposed to be capitalized. Like, fixed, like, grammar. Like, I did all sorts Got of Got you.
1: Things. And you basically... So you did that with all of them? You basically just tightened up ship on everything? Or did you try something new on any of the other ones? Any no. little...
0: It's just tightened everything up, just like you know, uh, you know, adjusted the fonts a little bit.
1: Yeah,
0: like, I mean, honestly, i I think I think these look better than the original. And
1: they look great. And what's the deal with the vinyl itself?
0: It's all different variants. I lost, I lost track of what's going on because tell you, me
1: some colors. I wish we had. To, we don't got no samples yet, but we're getting because I love all of that stuff. Like the color, I don't care yeah. what color it is. But like, what are some of that? When you have like the swirl stuff or anything yeah, specific,
0: oh, it, you
1: name it. Bill did it with this.
0: And Cortex has their own variant. Um, Bridge Nine has their own variant. Rev HQ has their own variant. Generation Records does, and then. Yeah he's got like like at least two versions of each of these releases that he did so it's, and, it's yeah it's, I can't even keep track of it I I would I, I'm gonna I'm I don't even remember what he did
1: and all these vinyls where they're gonna be able to get them is there just one spot they're gonna be able to get them through like what's the deal how you're laying it out obviously through blackout everybody yeah. everybody you already know the deal this is a label that's been holding it down for years so I don't even I don't I don't gotta introduce introduce them. I wanna thank Blackout for giving me music to listen to all these years. But uh go definitely go to Blackout. Um, so all the variants are there. There's
0: a direct link for this. Um, and this is out
1: right now, right?
0: Yes, and and uh, like I said, there's a there's a Creep Records variant. There's a uh, Generation got their own variant. Bridge Nine, uh, Rev HQ, Cortex for Europe yeah they all got their own it's 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 crazy it's it's all every 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 single one looks beautiful all, yeah. all the variants look so
1: beautiful. they're all yeah exactly and these are the ones that were able to get through uh, um the blackout.com are these three correct yes and, and yeah. are you are, let me ask you are you dropping a merch with that too or just you just dropping the vinyls and stuff just the
0: vinyls that, that that's all we have right now is a vinyl
1: and, and and how long did it take you to set up? To did, all right, when you decided to do this, did you do it with knowing you were gonna do all three or one at a time? How did it come up? Um, we, like I said, <clears throat> we were
0: we were originally gonna do a box set, and we mm. decided not to so do it couldn't. as a box.
1: And then we had
0: the idea maybe to at least come up with like a sleeve that like all three records could fit in. That would so have been, if, yeah cool. If, so if you bought all three records, they'd all be in that sleeve. But yeah. I don't know that that kind of fell off too. So it's just the three records that are available. And I'm 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 glad that like I mean all of this stuff is available on the internet. You can go to Spotify, YouTube, wherever. It's all there. But I'm glad that this stuff is finally uh, available as a physical copy now. Because like I like we were talking about before, a lot of the younger kids are looking for this vinyl now.
1: Yeah, no, no. This is a spot. If you're gonna get the vinyl, you got to start with the black one. It's it's really the one you got to get because. Just for the like to, to right now, everybody, a lot of the newer generations are nostalgic, and I don't even like saying that. They're just doing their homework, and like you know what's going on with it. Why, yeah. why go somewhere else when you got the, the 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 well that that supplied that water still fresh with fresh water? You know what I mean? That's why I say nah. This is how it got. I go, I you know I get excited when I when I when, when when I heard about all these re releases. I got it. I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, finally, I actually might spend money. But, you know, Bill better lace me. But anyway, but I was <laughs> like, no, but this is what is something tangible. You know, this goes up in the studio. This goes up with all right bands that are classic bands. Also doing my part, supporting the bands, my friends, The you know, doing all of that and also getting something again. You know, downloads are cool, but you can't hang that shit on the wall. You know what I mean? It, you can't pass true. it to your friend. You know, and say, "Yo, check this out." It's true. I mean, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a
0: big, I'm a big Spotify guy myself. Because just at a convenience. I'm, I'm always in a car. I'm always driving a tractor trailer or something. So, and even in the house, like, okay, Google, play this. You know, like, and 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 my real stereo. I have like a real stereo, but it's a it's a, a Bluetooth compatible receiver. And I, I just you know I don't I don't have time to break records out. I got kids running around and stuff, you know. Yeah. So I keep my records locked up so they don't get like peanut
1: butter all over them, you know. Yep, yep. And um have you um got any copies of the vinyl yet? I did. I have I,
0: I don't know again, they're
1: locked up because
0: I didn't want the kids to get sticky lollipop fingerprints all over them, but... smart,
1: smart, smart. <laughs> Definitely everybody out there in the in the next weeks to come, I'm gonna have some. Um, different um samples to show everybody because I'm actually waiting for mine again. I love it. I'm and I I need I need the set. You know what I mean. Especially I love that. You know now, like blackout, like the triple Bs. They're putting out sets of stuff, which it should be. It's like yo, this is the what do you call it? Um, you know, this is the 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 this is that the house. This is the uh, everybody who's in the house. This is the arsenal. You know what I mean? This yeah. is the so I, I love you know seeing who's in the you know in in the In the pen, in the bullpen for everybody. So it's like, you know, a blackout's dropping. Then I know it's a sheer terror. Then you got a raw deal. Then you got to kill your eye. You know, it's like, okay, there's something to look forward to. You know what I mean? And what better time than the holidays? Everybody around the planet, I say it to support the show. You repost, you like, you comment, and also you support the bands by reposting, by buying the merch. By buying the box set, exclusive vinyls that they're dropping on Blackout Records. Yeah, this is how we keep this thing going. You know, people gotta understand. Like, you know, we give stuff out, Like, I give food on this to eat. But you know, um, you know, to you know, you got to feed to eat. Everybody got to eat to, you know. So you got to give to get. You know what I mean? We need everybody to spread the word so we could keep all this music alive. All these cool things that are dropping now. That we were, you know, there's some stuff that us being a young generation and an old generation could still connect with with yeah. music, and we don't have to like what's on the vinyl, but still be like, "Yo, check out how I used to listen to records." Let me check this out. Oh, this is how they look. Wow, they look crazy. Yeah, look how I mean, they look like, now.
0: I don't know what kids do now, but I I know like when I was a kid, like like I said, the Iron Maiden record with the cover, like exactly. You know, like I I I put the record and the sleeve. In 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 my kill, you know, like like just like the you know the sleeve that's inside a twelve inch, I put that in, on the shelf, and the record cover was on my wall. Yeah, you know, I wanted to look at it all the time.
1: For you know, sure, not
0: Celtic it- Frost to make a theory on. I had that fold out with with the. With the dude with the cross. Yeah,
1: the- my brother, rest in peace. I had that. My mother, rest in peace, also ripped that off the wall. She was like, can I have that devil stuff in the room? Oh, we used to <laughs> laugh all the time. Shout out to all you mothers and all you you mothers that are against the devil and all you devil-loving brothers out there <laughs> who did it. To- listen, on the real, listen, congratulations on this. I'm glad I was able to get you on, definitely. And um, I think it's really great that... um. You know, um, Long Island is represented, number one, um, with the right. I'm glad Blackout is representing and representing like Blackout always did, you know, coming correct, bringing not trying to do some new shit, but let's bring some classic shit. Let's bring it and let's let's do it the way we know how to do it. You know, again, like Blackout was one of those, again, always did it, you know, um, um, grassroots, but always. Showed how the big boys could do it. Look, you know, from the sheer terror stuff, the raw deal, that shit was always top-notch stuff. The layout looks great. I've seen some of the stuff that's coming. I'm excited to see the other layouts and stuff. You know, um, I'm hoping to get. You know what? At the end of this, we might just do one where we're gonna get everybody from the the mashup and fucking yeah. we're gonna have a big one. You know, on the last one, we'll get one buff for everybody and every. I'm gonna have a battle of the fucking vinyl. Who has the best vine colored vinyl in the mix? You know what I mean? We're gonna have a poll out there.
0: Listen, you'd be hard pressed to beat this one because, like I said, Bill covered all his bases with this one. Boom! Bro. Oh, shit! Beautiful. It. He got every color. Every, Boom! Every swirl, every mixture. And like, <laughs> like even like like cortex has got the yellow. Oh, maybe no, it's Rev HQ's got the yellow one. Nice. It, it looks. It looks like like. Remember the gorilla biscuits? Yeah, yeah. It's like that. It looks. It looks
1: gorgeous. Listen, everybody, make sure you go get that. You already heard. Look at I. I. You know, when I hear these colors, I'm getting excited. I want it. But um, listen, blackoutrecords.com. It's out right now. They got. They're about to drop a. They're already dropping a whole bunch of new stuff next week and in, in the weeks to come. I got more stuff. Right now, you got to go get that. Kill your idol stuff. When you go, that you tell them the Smoking Word podcast sent you. I want you to hit a Blackout Records. You tell Bill Hoya Rock sent you and made you get that color vinyl, that freaking Kill Your Idol, fucking everything swirl vinyl from yep. BlackoutRecords.com. Anything you want to let people know before we out of here? Because uh, the world, listen, we have a big following overseas. Shout out to Europe and everybody in South America. Let them know. Holiday seasons. What's up? What, what 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 does everybody need to have under their trees, their Kwanzaa trees, or whatever you call them nowadays?
0: Well, definitely this vinyl. And um, I want every I want to let everybody know that uh, last I checked, which was yesterday, Kill Your Idols is uh, playing a, a one and only concert in um in in Europe, the Revolution Calling Fest in Belgium. Oh, uh- we're
1: That's a great The shit. one and only
0: appearance in Europe. It's our last show for the year. And um we're playing with seven seconds, slapshot, cock sparrer, uh, all all sorts of it's a big, big show. Fast. And, uh, last I checked, there was only a hundred tickets left. So, and that was yesterday. So I want to thank Martin from Stronger for bringing us over there. I want to thank uh Cortex for for putting our putting out you know their version of this for us over there.
1: Always love the I, Cortex.
0: I want to let everybody know that we, we can't wait to come and play over there. And um, we don't get to do this that often. You know, we're, we're, you know, we reach a point in our life where it's very hard to get together to do this. But, you know, music is everything to me. You know, I, I have a I have a real job, you know, outside of music. But this is all I think about all day long. And um, I'm still playing in Death Cycle, which is uh, me, Ron, John Lafada Mike D, that's also in Kill Your Idols, and Paul Delaney, that was in Kill Your Idols, and is still in Black Anvil.
1: Definitely, and and everybody, there's Instagrams. So I know there's a lot of Instagrams for those yeah. bands and merch. Go follow them. There's plenty of music. This is Strong Island representing. Listen, good looking. I'm glad. Good to catch up. It's been a minute. Yeah, Long Island, Kill Your Idols. Make sure you go support. Blackout records and support the music scene, the underground music scene, even more than the label. But support the labels and the bands that are still putting this stuff out because it's not easy. People don't know that we also, um, um, time, effort, and even money comes out of our own pockets sometimes to make oh, some yeah. of these things happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, you know how we do, we like keeping things fresh and sexy. I'm glad you were on. Shout out to all the fellas. Good luck with that show and keep us updated. Send us an update from Europe, from the from the, the Revolutions Calling Fest. And definitely I will. For sure. Everybody, go get that vinyl right now. You already know the deal. Smoking Word Podcast, Blackout Records, collaboration. Go get that. Kill your idols in the building. We out of here. Thanks. Peace. Man. Peace, peace, peace.